104.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now, Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Welcome into Squared Circle Radio right here on 104.5 The Zone, the mighty 104.5 The Zone. Alongside David Reed, I am Brandon Hagany. You can follow the show on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. We have so much content to get into. You're going to want to follow us at Zone Wrestling. Live tweeting just so many shows because next week might be very well uh, one of the biggest weeks in professional wrestling that we've seen in 20 years. Uh, we've got All Elite Wrestling making their debut on Wednesday night. Uh, opposite that, NXT on USA. For the first time, we'll get both hours of NXT on live on the USA Network. They are loading up for Bear for that show. And next Friday, the I guess we're calling it season premiere, uh, <laughs> even though there was no offseason. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, we have seasons. Thank you. Uh, This was the season finale of Raw and SmackDown this week, and next week is going to be the season premiere. But it is the debut of SmackDown on Fox. That will be this upcoming Friday. Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. And I could not believe this when they announced it, when I read it. Brock Lesnar's first television match in 15 years this Friday when he goes up against Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. He has not wrestled on free television in 15 years. That's just, you know what that does to me? It makes me hate Brock Lesnar even more. It makes you a little jealous of Brock Lesnar, quite frankly. Like, it's a good gig if you can get it, but how, of all the people, I mean... I guess we've probably seen the uh, – that's got to be the longest streak in WWE Oh, I don't history. think there's any question. We've seen The Undertaker on free television since then. We had to have at some point in a match. Well, I mean, he was working SmackDown, you know, weekly, like a decade ago. That is that is just crazy. It, it is nuts, and we'll, we'll get into uh, that moving uh, later in the show. Uh, Jason Martin, by the way, with the weekend off, big congratulations to him. Uh, last Sunday, it was our pleasure, our honor to stand alongside our brother as he married the love of his life, Abby, and they are enjoying a very well-deserved uh, honeymoon, and uh, maybe Jason will be back with us next week. I don't know. I don't know how long this honeymoon's going to last. Depends on how good the honeymoon is, I guess. <laughs> exactly. I exactly. Uh, let's start with The Fiend, because quite frankly, The Fiend is the most compelling thing that WWE is doing on television right now. Uh, the Fiend attacked again on Raw on Monday, um, took down Braun Strowman this time, and continued to just make Seth Rollins' life a living hell. Um, the visuals, like we, we say this every week, but the visuals and everything surrounding The Fiend right now, you keep waiting for WWE to screw it up because that has been WWE's history when they have something hot. Mm-hmm. But to their credit... They have not done so yet, David. But according to some rumors that are out there, that could actually be coming. Uh, I guess the, I had not heard this, but go ahead. And I think Meltzer had this, I think, uh, or I just made that completely up. Uh, but it, there are rumors out there. People are trying to put the uh, connect the dots together. At the end of the latest Firefly Funhouse, there is a laugh 
that lap belongs to a female. And the rumor out there, the people trying to connect the dots and painting the picture for us, believe it's Liv Morgan's laugh. Liv Morgan, who went away after being defeated by Charlotte months ago, uh, before she left, said that she was going to come back and be real. There were some Instagram photos of her cutting off her pink hair. Um, and there's been some cryptic tweets over the course of the last week, things like, if I let you in my brain, you'd cry, things like that. And that would be a very WWE thing to do is try to insert someone else and align them with the fiend at this point. When from all the reports that I've heard and that I've read, this has been and remains to be to the majority extent Bray's ideas coming to fruition. And he's put a lot of thought and detail into every single thing that he's done as the fiend and hopefully everything that uh, going forward. But this seems like something very WWE to do, to come in and once again take Bray Wyatt in his tenure in this company, and once he gets hot, find a way to cool it off. I'm not saying it's, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's not a terrible idea for something maybe down the line. Uh, no, I'm not saying that yes. We are in the infancy of the Fiend character. Mm-hmm. We are in the early portion of this version of Bray Wyatt. And, and I agree with you, David. I don't think there's any, any reason whatsoever to add something to this mix that's working. Like, if you get to a point where you think that the Fiend might have plateaued or something like that and you think it could need, that act could need something mm-hmm. like a Liv Morgan or somebody uh, added to the formula, then maybe you do it then. But right now, there is no reason whatsoever to mess with something that's working. I was talking uh, with our program director, Brad Willis, uh, the other day, and he he showed me, you know, we watched the old video of mankind's first WWE championship win, the one that put butts in seats, Yes, according to Tony Schiavone. Um, And Stone Cold Steve Austin, his music hits, and he comes down there and he hits the rock with a chair, and that's what allows mankind to get the pin and the victory. Um, The reaction that Stone Cold Steve Austin garnered in that moment is just insane. And listen, there's nobody currently on the WWE roster that can even approach uh, that level of reaction. But the person who comes closest right now is The Fiend. The Fiend is the most compelling character that WWE has right now. And to go back, and we said this a long time about Bray Wyatt. The character of Bray Wyatt was not someone that needed to be chasing championships and golds. And I and I feel that way for The Fiend right now. And I also feel like... If you, can you call yourself a fiend and have friends? Like, I don't think there should ever be anyone aligned with the fiend. I, I was, think the fiend is probably the kind of guy you don't want to hang out with. Speaking of that, there was somebody on Reddit uh, this week that suggested that they should have an alter ego of the fiend, and it should be played by Bo Dallas, and it should be called The Friend. That would be, I'm all, sign me up for that right now like put that that will that may sit make me sit at home on a friday night and watch smackdown if bo dallas becomes the friend that would be great like he's just a total just a total bad guy on camera and gets in the ring and transforms into the friend that that's a brilliant idea that is a brilliant idea but it it will be interesting to the fiend right now doesn't need a title but I don't see the Fiend showing up to take on Seth Rollins and losing. They've, That's the thing about it. They you, have you've painted, painted yourself into a corner yes, with this. Absolutely. There's no way that you can make him 
leave without a title. It almost reminds you a little bit uh, of what they were doing with Braun Strowman a couple of years ago, where like uh, it's it you get to a point where you build a, a guy up. You have them run through a bunch of people, and then eventually you just sort of look around the creative room and just say, like, well, like, shouldn't he want to chase the championship? We've got nobody else. But where they made a mistake with Braun Strowman is that they had him chase the championship and not win, Mm -hmm. and that stunted his growth. And then they did it again, and then they had him not win, (laughs) and that stunted his growth again. Right. You cannot, like at this point, yes, like I completely agree. Uh, the Fiend should not have been going after the Universal Championship, at least not this early. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bray Wyatt, as a character, didn't even go after the WWE Championship until four years into it. Was a, it was a long while. I mean, when he beat, when he won at Elimination Chamber and had that feud with Randy Orton that we want to forget about. Mm-hmm. But if you've booked yourselves into this corner, you can't have him lose. Yeah, and I mean, and think about what happened on Monday night with him putting Strowman down. Strowman was a guy that two weeks ago just demolished both tag team champions for Raw and SmackDown by himself. Killed him. But yet here comes the Fiend, and once again, the monster among men goes down for whatever reason. It's the start and stop with Braun Sto- Strowman has to stop at some point. Like at this point, I'm ready for him to just kind of fade into the bushes like Homer Simpson and see what we have for him a couple months down the road. I, I, I would agree because with I that. Because I think you yeah. are irreparably harming Braun Strowman again at this point. But uh, this doesn't. also seems like, you know, you mentioned how Mankind won his first title with the help of Steve Austin. This is not a spot where that's going to happen. So, I mean, you have, all that you have done is put yourself into a position where he is going to cleanly have to win and beat Seth Rollins. And I assume there will be a rematch. I mean, this 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 can't be a one-off in this situation because Seth Rollins is arguably the best wrestler on your roster, the best wrestler on the planet, and someone that's going to have to be featured on whatever program he ends up on. Unless unless you're going to separate those two once we go back to, to split rosters once again. Yeah, I, I don't know how you handle it in a post- like, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but if The Fiend does win at Hell in a Cell and becomes Universal Champion, like, is that going to be a guy who's, like, he's not going to be wrestling on television every week? Does he even, right. like, he's appearing on television every week now, but it's because he's in this feud with Seth Rollins. But I think, you know, you and I would agree that kind of less is more with The Fiend. Like, yeah. it makes it a little bit more impactful. I don't know if you then turn the Universal Championship again into what it was when Brock Lesnar was holding it, where he only shows up every month, you know, once a month, maybe once every two months. I, I don't know what you do with The Fiend after having him win the Universal Championship because that is not a character that should be wrestling on television every week. No, it's not. And I don't think it's, too, when you look at it from a television standpoint, I don't know if it's a character that translates well enough to to like have that weekly spot on television because he's not a guy that's going to come out and talk. He's not going to cut, cut a promo. The Fiend's not going to cut a promo. And how tired are you going to get of the Firefly Funhouse? Well, I will say the Firefly Funhouse has not been as good since they've had Bray Wyatt live. They're, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming they're just doing it backstage these days, mm-hmm. probably throwing up a white bra- or blue background and making him you know, cut a Firefly Funhouse promo. 
but the the production values have not been what it was. Right. Now that he's actually having to be at the arena live every week, the quality of the Firefly Funhouse has definitely gone down, at least in my eyes. Yeah, and, and almost to me, it, it seems like he would be, the Fiend would be a character that would play better on Raw. I could see Fox kind of like turning their nose up, but if you're trying to make this guy the face of SmackDown on a Friday night on a brand new network at a brand new time and what is a brand new show for Fox, I could see them looking at that as a character who's supposed to be carrying the flag for you right now kind of and kind of hesitating like, oh, Okay, this is really what you want to do, and I do. I, there's a big part of me that fears that Fox is going to want to get its hands on a lot of this, and kind of dictate some of the things that WWE does. Not not being a home for that type of product in the past. Does that make sense? I, no, it does make sense. But I, I I would think that if he wins the Universal Championship, he's going to be exclusive to Raw. Like right. We've got a draft. I think two weeks from now, something like that. Yeah, I mean, it it does seem like SmackDown, at least according to, at least, you know, when you watch the marketing, when you watch the advertising, you know, there was some stuff during Thursday Night Football last night. Mm -hmm. Like, it definitely does seem like you're going to get the more real characters, the more it's going to be, I feel like Fox is wanting more of a sporting presentation as opposed to sports entertainment presentation. We'll see if that... uh, comes to fruition uh, on the other side we'll actually get into what we can expect from smackdown on fox wwe also announced new announced teams this week uh, i'll bounce that off of david and see where the two of us land on whether or not we like these new announced teams we'll get into aew as well this is squared circle radio on 104.5 the zone Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. Alongside David Reed, I am Brandon Haggerty. Follow the show on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. Follow David on Twitter at David Reed Radio. You can follow myself on Twitter at Hag Haney. You can follow Jason Martin, our typical third man in, at Zone. Uh, coming back with AJ Styles. Don't know where he's going to land in the upcoming WWE Draft. Uh, still the U.S. champion, still apparently feuding with Cedric Alexander. Apparently the night of champions burial did not end that feud. Uh, Cedric Alexander attacked him on Raw on Monday. Um, we teased the new announced teams for WWE. And and in, in, in full disclosure, I, I have not seen or read or heard any of this. So I'm... I was actually telling you... I'm ready to... Uh, I was telling you in the commercial break, these new announced teams, um, it seems like Fox is getting the A-team. Uh, Fox is going to get Michael Cole and Corey Graves, and WWE announced Renee Young as a special correspondent. Uh, Meltzer uh, wrote this week that she will not actually be at the announcer's desk. I don't know if that means she's going to be the backstage interviewer. Um, <laughs> because if you said that she was the backstage interviewer now, then that is a demotion, and you couldn't do that to the first woman that you ever put on the uh, main event broadcast. Yeah, team. She, she's also the host of WWE Backstage, 
which is going to be the uh, WWE show on FS1. Which allegedly there's another name that's circulating. Yeah, we'll get into that, that later. Well. But they have announced that. I'll believe uh, that when I see it. They have announced that Renee Young and Booker T will be on that show. Uh, it sounds like it was more Renee's decision to step away from the announced booth. I think she pretty much recognizes and realizes that hosting is her strength and not necessary, necessarily commentary. Um, she is phenomenal as a host. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. She's great. Uh, so she's going to be great in that role. But the real head scratchers here, and maybe they're maybe head scratcher is a little bit too strong, but a little bit of a huh? In these announces announcements, no Byron Saxton, no Tom Phillips. Both of them seem to have gotten a bit of a demotion. Uh, I think it was Sean Ross Sapp of uh, Fightful that said that WWE told him that Tom Phillips will be quote-unquote producing, which is a very catch-all term uh, for WWE these days. Tom Phillips not on television, Byron Saxon not on television. On Raw, you will get Jerry the King Lawler. Jerry the King Lawler is back. Okay. Vic Joseph and Dio Madden. Vic Joseph, the former uh, head coach of the Denver Broncos? That that would be Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph. It's a different okay. V. Joseph. Might as well be the same person because I have no idea who either of these guys are. I could not pick them out of a lineup. You could not play their voice for me, and I'd be able to tell you who these people are. Uh, Vic Joseph, I believe, has been doing uh, 205 Live for the last month or so. Yeah, I'm not too new. Or maybe a couple months. Um, he was also the voice on NXT UK. Uh, previously to that, he might still be doing NXT UK. I don't know if you just if they just tape that and then voice it over or what. Um, Dio Madden, I think, has been on 205 Live the last few weeks. He might have replaced Nigel. Um, but again, don't quote me on that because <laughs> neither of us watch 205 Live from week to week. But uh, Dio Madden is Brennan Williams. Brennan Williams is a former football player, went to UNC, was a third-round pick of the Houston Texans in the 2013 NFL Draft. yeah. No one remembers him from that. Um, Of all the Maddens I know, of John, uh, Mark, Steve, I do not know who this guy is. And uh, I would rather have John, Mark, or Steve. I remember John Madden would be pretty cool yeah. as, as a boom. Monday Night Raw. <laughs> just, just boom over and every clothesline, <laughs> everything. Um, I do vaguely remember when they signed Brennan Williams. Um, there was I think, a press release once upon a time. I think he was. a former NFL player had joined the WWE. He was trained by Booker T. He's a very big dude. He's, he's billed at 6'7", 285. Seemed like it seemed like a guy that should have worked out. Wait a minute, <laughs> as how a wrestler, big, I know how big Jerry Lawler is. He's not six seven. How big is the other dude? I that's think Vic Joseph's with, pretty small too. Like this is going to be. What are you going to do? This is going to be so odd looking. This like, is going to be like like Kevin Garnett trying to do a basketball game with Marv Albert. Oh, this is yeah. This is. I just don't know what to think about this. I, I feel bad for Tom Phillips. I, I I I thought Tom Phillips was the best announcer that they had. I would rather have Tom Phillips than than Michael Cole any day. I agree with that. I I am going to give Vic Joseph 
a, a chance because Vic Joseph. You're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. Of course, <laughs> it's not my decision. I'm not. I'm not calling the shots over here. But Vic Joseph, if you remember a few weeks ago, uh, Corey Graves was filming a movie, which I don't know who's well, putting whose idea uh, who's putting that? Corey Graves in a movie. Please get me in touch with his talent uh, talent agent because if that dude can get cast in a movie, yeah, that uh, he was gone for a week. Filming a movie. I didn't. Are they Devil's Rejects Three? What's coming out of here? Well, they brought they brought Jerry the King Lawler back for one night. Jerry the King Lawler lasted like two segments of that Raw because he was then attacked by the Fiend, and the guy that they brought in to replace Jerry the King Lawler for the rest of the night was Vic Joseph, and I'm pretty sure they did that just to maybe get the Raw audience yeah. used to the name, used to what this guy sounds like, because Michael Cole took a back seat to Vic Joseph for the rest of the night. Michael Cole basically became an analyst for the rest of the night and let Vic Joseph call the action. And I will say, for that two-hour period that he was on the Raw broadcast booth like a month ago, Vic Joseph was pretty impressive. So I'm definitely going to give him a shot. But I literally I had not heard the name Dio Madden before about three days ago. Yeah, he... um I mean, he looks like he could be a very charismatic guy. I mean, I guess that's what they're going for. But yeah, as someone who is six foot seven and three three bills, like I would have thought that, that guy had any athletic ability whatsoever. I mean, you had big cast for a while. Like, you can't tell me this dude's worse than big cast. Yeah, I I don't know what happened with his wrestling career. I don't know if he suffered some sort of injury or something, and that made yeah, him I probably shouldn't be making fun that, of him. If that forced him to to go into broadcasting. I I should should have read up on that guy's story before we actually started the segment, but yeah, I, didn't. I still don't care enough to even really. That just want seems to know like it just seems. I'm he could be great, he could be great. And I'm going to give him a shot just like I'm going to give Vic Joseph a shot. That seems like a but really tough ask. It, though, like, why did you feel the, that this was necessary? Did you get? Do you believe that you're getting that much better by these moves? You have to or you weren't going to make them, right? Well, is and it one of those you, things where... But, and also, if you're putting... Uh, well, yeah, this may... I think this is probably where you're going. If you're putting Michael Cole on SmackDown... You had really nowhere the choice because you're pretty much saying this is the A show right now, mm-hmm. and this is what we're going to be pushing. So you had to do something else with that. But to me, it's it that's it's not a demotion to go to Monday Night Raw for Tom Phillips, being a producer in air quotes, whatever that means. It can mean it can mean a million different things in the wrestling business. That is a demotion for a guy who I think is really talented. Yeah, and listen, Tom Phillips, especially his NXT days and his early SmackDown days, I thought he was tremendous. Tom Phillips, over the last maybe 12 months or so, has become Michael Cole Jr., which... Which, to me, says there's a lot more people in his ear than... Right, that's 100%. That's how WWE ruins broadcasters. Yeah, 100%. But... I don't know if it's one of those like I, I don't see why if you're WWE you would be unhappy with Tom Phillips' performance. I don't mm-hmm. know if there might be some backstage thing where Tom Phillips maybe, you know, pissed somebody off. I don't know what happened, but I, I just feel like, you know, you have had a guy who has been the lead voice on SmackDown for the last two years. Mm-hmm. And I know you're trying to differentiate the two shows and you're throwing your A team at Fox and SmackDown 
and both shows are now supposed to be totally separate, so you're not going to have crossover between announcers. Right. But how does Tom Phillips not get the Raw gig? This this sounds like something that you do. I could see this being the thought process is that you're going on a new network, so you want to put your best foot forward, and you think that is with Michael Cole. Okay, I don't agree with that, but I understand that line of thinking. But you also have to understand there may be new eyeballs that are going to be watching SmackDown now that's on on Fox, but the vast majority of your audience is going to be your audience. And you know what your audience was used to and accepted? Tom Phillips and the SmackDown crew. I think more more so than Tom Phillips. I'm kind of mad about Byron Saxton. Yeah, no, I've never I never really had a problem with Byron Saxton either. I thought I thought Byron Saxton over the last year or so has become legitimately good. Like I So what I what I'm gathering from this is the best broadcast team in WWE is going to be on Wednesday nights. And it probably would have always been well, that yeah, way. Yeah, it would have been that way anyways. <laughs> Regardless of what combination you came up with or what name you came up with, unless you could go back in time and bring me 1998 Jim Ross, <laughs> I don't think that was ever going to be any different than that, but that makes me look a lot more forward to listening tomorrow uh, on Wednesday nights than it does what's this dude's name on Monday? Vic, Vic Joseph? Yeah. Hey, he's probably, let's be honest, oh, Vic BJ. Joseph is probably going to be pretty good. He's, you prob- he's probably going to be okay, and he's probably going to be some voice that 20 years from now I don't even remember. Yeah, maybe so. You hinted at something earlier in this oh, segment yes. when I brought up the show WWE Backstage, mm-hmm. and WWE has announced Renee Young and Booker T for sure on that show. But PW Insider reported this week, that one CM Punk screen tested in Los Angeles this week for a role on WWE Backstage, that show that involves Renee Young and Booker T. Now, he was not the only person who screen tested. Apparently, uh, X-Pac screen tested. Eh. I'll just keep going Uh, through these names. Page. Eh, I don't Page screen tested. And apparently Rey Mysterio also and... screen tested for WWE backstage. Uh, this comes on the heels of a vague report uh, from maybe a month or so ago that CM Punk's agent had possibly had reached out to Fox and WWE about getting him on that show. So there seems to be a lot more legs than initially thought. And listen, we... N- we never say never when it comes to returns in professional wrestling, yeah. but we came pretty damn close to saying never with CM Punk and WWE, but it looks like that might actually happen. Of all of those four, I can only imagine that he had the best screen test. I could see Paige of all be, of them. I, I could see Paige being good in that role. There, she just annoys me because to me it's it's What do you have against British accents, It's David? very uh, kind of like a lot of people with southern accents. I I started deducting IQ points. When I hear a British accent that thick, um, I just... You're from Spring Hill, Tennessee, David. Exactly, yeah. I know. I know this discrimination (laughs) of which I speak. (laughs) I'm well aware of this. But I just, there's something about her and the way she talks and the way she overacts things. I can't, I can't deal with it. But I don't know what the role is supposed to be. Like, I don't exactly know what this thing is going to look like either. But of those four, I think CM Punk is the most intriguing name. If you want to get me to watch it. But I mean, unless you're gonna, if it gets Ray Mysterio 
off of my television screen beating Cesaro in 2019, you uh, can have Ray. Ray Mysterio's got a Universal Championship match coming up on Monday, David. Uh, yeah. I'm I'm just man, come on, 2019. And I, you know what else I don't need besides Ray Mysterio? I don't need his son out there <laughs> looking like the most unathletic. You don't <laughs> child of an athlete ever. You don't need like teenager Walter. No, no, that's exactly that may actually be his pappy. <laughs> Speaking of Walter, that's a great segue because in the next segment we're going to talk about NXT this week as well as next week the first edition of the Wednesday Night War AEW versus NXT. We'll get into it next. This is Square Circle Radio on one hundred four five The Zone. Welcome back to Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Alongside David Reed, I am Brandon Hagany. Follow the show on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. Coming back with Keith Lee basking his glory indeed. I want to get David's take on a conversation we had on Twitter during NXT on Wednesday. But it seems like, I don't know if this is going to be an actual formula, but at least through the first two weeks of NXT on USA, you start with a match, you've got a... You kind of book in both ends of the hour with a long match, with a squash match in between. That's been sort of the formula that NXT has followed through two weeks on USA. Maybe that changes once both hours become live on the USA Network. But this week, uh, we started with Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee, which is a rematch uh, from an NXT match a few weeks ago. I think this is the third time those two have faced off. Uh, Dijakovic um, had a recent in- injury, so there was they weren't really able to fully flesh out the feud before he got hurt. Uh, and ever since he's been back, they've now had two matches. Both have won one. Dijakovic won a couple of weeks ago. Keith Lee wins on Wednesday. I want to get David's take on this because I loved this match on Wednesday. Two dudes that are huge mm-hmm. doing things that two dudes that are huge should not, should not be, be able, able to, to do. do. Yeah, And I don't want to call it an argument because it wasn't really an argument uh, between a couple of uh, myself and a couple of listeners on, on Wednesday. But there's a point in the match, Dijakovic hits Keith Lee with a Canadian destroyer from the second rope. And Keith Lee kicks out at two. And we had a couple of listeners. It wasn't two and a half, was it? It was, it was actually like two. It was two and three quarters. Okay. Two and three quarters. Um, <laughs> I just want to be precise. Uh, we had a couple of listeners on Twitter on Wednesday say that that took them out of the match. So they basically rolled their eyes and they switched it off. And listen, you're an old school guy, David. You when you went back and watched that because I know you didn't watch it live, but you know you've seen the match since then. Did that take you out? No, it didn't take me out because one, and I've said this a lot over the years. I love to see big dudes who should not be athletic be athletic. It didn't. It, this is by far not the most egregious thing that I've ever seen in the history of professional wrestling. Or from NXT. I lived through the ECW era. Like, this is not, having lived through that, this is not at all out of the realm of possibility that he could kick out at two and three quarters. 
Like it did not, it did not limit my enjoyment of that match whatsoever. And yes, no, we have seen way worse than this in NXT. I don't, I'm not sure I mean, if it NXT was... can really become a spot fest at time yeah. with a lot of moves that should have killed Johnny Gargano a long time ago. That trilogy of matches, like as Gargano much as I love it, that was as much over the top as I mean, it's not even the same category of what we saw on Wednesday. I'm not. I'm not sure. It might have been the first match that Gargano and Cole had. The one that had, you know, the entire Undisputed Era down there hitting yes. finishes on, yeah. on Gargano, and he just keeps kicking out of two and a half. Like, I I would agree. Like, it took me out of that match. And I am, you know, the millennial on this show that grew up in the Attitude Era. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm, I'm not – I would not consider myself to be old school by any stretch of the imagination. And even I was taken out of that match because of how many times Johnny Gargano was kicking out of stuff from Adam Cole. This match, though – Keith Lee is billed at six foot two, three hundred and forty pounds, and this is where the joke that I I said on Twitter comes into play. I would believe that man kicking out at two and a half after getting hit by a garbage truck because that dude is that huge. Well, yeah, I mean, look at him. This photo that we're looking at of him right now, he looks like Fat John Burton. Shout out, shout out to John Burton. He's <laughs> in a lot better shape than. Uh, than uh, Keith Lee is also not not as tall. Not as tall. We'll as tall. throw that out there as well. But yes, look at that dude. He has no neck. I absolutely can see this guy kicking out of a Canadian destroyer from the second rope. Because in order to be knocked out, you kind of need your neck to flex, and this dude has no neck. Keith Lee, man. He, I wouldn't even call. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call Keith Lee fat. Like he's got. He's, he's uh, a little kinda, bigger. Kind of fat. Kind of. But fit. he's also like. He's like. He's like a retired bodybuilder. Like if a bodybuilder stopped, you know, well, he's watching not what training. He, he's not in a training window right now. Is what right. Like he, you know, he's got some <laughs> flab on him, but that dude is also kind of like me. I've taken a 15 year break. <laughs> he's he's also extremely athletic, extremely strong. Yeah, no, I love watching him work. Keith Lee, man. I don't know what it is about Keith Lee and why he hasn't been heavily featured on NXT television since he got signed mm-hmm. more than a year ago now. Like I, I think you put that guy with a I don't I don't know how he is cutting promos, but you put that guy with a mouthpiece. I don't see how that guy couldn't be NXT champion by summer of next year because that guy has everything. Yeah, and he's one of those guys that's I think having a two hour show live that you're trying to put up against AEW, it's gonna benefit. Because a guy like that needs more exposure. He's a guy that Look, you look at the top of the NXT roster, and you can see how a guy like that is not getting a whole lot of airtime, especially when it comes to takeover and special events. But a two-hour television show that's being broadcast on a network, you need a guy like that. And I think he's a guy that they can definitely highlight and get over in the next six months to a year. I'm also not sure, are we going to see people outside of, like, people outside of the main guys in NXT? We haven't even seen Gargano yet even though they did have a video for Gargano this past week. We haven't seen him live on NXT yet. I'm sure we're going to get it uh, this week. Um, you know, Tommaso Ciampa put out a video this past week basically saying that he's 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 coming back soon. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen in the next month, if I had to guess, month or two. Which is so shocking and surprising to me, which, like is, which I'm happy for. Like, I'm... I'm glad that this injury wasn't more serious than what it is. I just hope he's not coming back and risking further injury by coming back this soon. 
he seems like one of those guys. I mean, he's a lifer. Uh, he's one of those guys that you may have to. He's not necessarily going to look out for himself. So there may need to be somebody there to, to look out for him. You got to put the guardrails up for him because yes. he ain't gonna he ain't gonna put it up for himself. I, I do. I would be shocked if you don't see him at least in the next two months. My problem, my issue is, where does the airtime for guys like Keith Lee come from? Yes, they have a second hour now, but they're also sort of balancing a lot of NXT UK talent right That's now. That's a good point. Like they, because they, they are throwing everything at the television right now. We've seen Walter and his crew uh, for the last couple of weeks. I mean, we've seen Rhea Ripley. We've seen, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a Tony Storm uh, in the near future. People that we have grown accustomed to seeing in NXT UK mm-hmm. moving over to NXT proper. We've already seen Pete Dunne. He was on the last takeover. Um, I just think once you start infusing the top talent from NXT UK into NXT proper, it pushes even more people down. Like even though they do have an extra hour, I just don't see where the television time comes from week to week. And and you saying that makes perfect sense because trying to bring that UK talent in and kind of just get it in the mix on on um, television coming up. We saw the report earlier this this week where they pulled talent out of Southside's mm-hmm. final show ever. They had permission from the WWE to use some of that talent. And they pulled him from that. That, to me, only tells me that, hey, these are some guys that are going to be over here and we're going to need them on Wednesday in some capacity whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that is a good point. And to me, he's a guy, Keith Lee's a guy that you you would – he's first-hour material. Like, he's not somebody that needs to get pushed so far down that it's in the middle of that second hour where people really aren't paying a whole lot of attention because you've probably built it to where they're trying to get to that main event in the second hour so they're not necessarily paying a lot of attention to what's going on between what happened to start that show and what's happening to end that show. But it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, you said it last week and a couple of weeks ago, too. If you look at the roster up and down, there's so much talent in this NXT roster. It could be more difficult for AEW to compete than what we think it could be. Well, well maybe, maybe AEW not having the depth means that they focus in on their top guys. And maybe you're getting two or three old, Cody segments. That two, gets old fast, though, doesn't it? Does it, though? I could I could see it getting old fast. I mean, because you're going to be overexposing so you're many talking of those about, guys. You're talking about two hours every week. That's the only two hours they have. It's not like what we've seen with the wild card rule with WWE over the last few months where you're seeing Kofi Kingston for the better part of five hours a week. Like, you're only going to see Cody Rhodes two segments a week. You're only going to see Kenny Omega two segments a week. I think when you only have a two one two-hour show as opposed to, you know, one three-hour show and one two-hour show in WWE's case, that can lead to overexposure. But when you just have one two-hour show – I think it's the 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 risk of overexposure is a little less. Yeah, I just uh, we we like the way that Jericho has reinvented himself since becoming the AEW champion. But I think if you have too much of Jericho on a Wednesday night, 
you're going to realize. Well, yeah, sometimes we don't always like what he does. I'll take a third. I'll take a third Jericho segment over a first Janela segment. Yeah. Oh, Let's just be honest. Yes. Uh, the first edition of the Wednesday Night War is just three days away. We'll break it all down in the final segment. This is Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died who gave that right to me. Stand up next to you to defend her still today. People are so confused right now. Yeah, they don't. I, I was confused. <laughs> uh, by the way, do not be confused. This is Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone. <laughs> Alongside David Reed, I'm Brandon Haggerty. There is a method to David Reed's madness here. Yes. Um, proud Nashville resident. A favorite of this program. A favorite of most WWE fans, uh, I would I would go ahead and say. Yeah. I don't think I'm I don't think I'm going out on a limb there to say that. The one and only Miroslav Barnyashev, better known as Rusev, is an American citizen. Yes, my brother from a from a Bulgarian mother has uh, completed his uh, US citizenship candidacy. I guess this happened on a ceremony on Friday. So congratulations to Rusev. Now you probably just had to pay more taxes. Nothing yeah. else in your life is going to change. Yeah, so. that <laughs> I'm not sure if they've changed it uh, over the last decade or whatever, but that citizenship test is, is kind of a bear, man. Well, he, I mean, he referred to it. He, he sent out some posts on social media and referred to it as a 14-year process, which is ridiculous. Ridiculous. My, uh, my dad finally became a, a citizen about 10 or 11 years ago. That After being here for how long? Since 76. That is... <laughs> Yeah, when you when you want to talk about immigration reform, that has to be a part of the process. There has to be an easier path to becoming a citizen of this country. <laughs> there is that an is easier way too long. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to figure out how I can segue out of that. There is an easier path for you to become a professional wrestling fan. That starts this week. Yes, with the debut of AEW Dynamite, Dynamite. on Wednesday night. JJ Evans approves. Um, on the other side, I NXT. I didn't think we get that reference. I'm, I'm so proud of you right yeah, now. I, I, I know some pop culture. I know some pop culture. I want to give you a hug. <laughs> After the show. Okay. Um, NXT is loading up for Bear, by the way, for yes. this show. Yes. Uh, and, and, and they want to not call this a war. <laughs> uh, NXT going with three championship matches on Wednesday night. You've got an NXT championship match between Adam Cole and Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle qualified for this match after finally dispatching of Killian Dane in the street fight that never ended. <laughs> so that feud to me was so weird to begin with. It's like with. the lamb chop of professional wrestling matches. It will not end. <laughs> Killian Dane and Matt Riddle in a street fight, but uh, Matt Riddle wins. Becomes number one contender. He will face Adam Cole on Wednesday. We will also get a rematch between the Street Profits and Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish of the Undisputed Era. You will also get Candice LeRae and Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship as well. That's basically you're going to get a takeover. You're going to get a two-hour takeover yep. on, on Wednesday night. That's what NXT is going to bring to the table. On the other side... David, I'm not real sure what to expect from AEW. I'm, I'm not sure what to expect either. Uh, and I think, to me, that's really, 
to their benefit, right? That has to pay dividends for them, at least in this first week, because we don't know what to expect. So I'm more apt to tune into AEW because I can tell you pretty much with a high percentage of probability, we just got all the gold on Undisputed Era. So I don't see either of those two losing matches and losing their titles on what is, let, let's face, this is the premiere episode of NXT mm-hmm. on USA. That's what this is. I don't see any, I don't see the tag titles changing hands. I don't see um, Adam Cole losing his title as well. So that tells me that I'm probably going to focus more on AEW just because it's a wild card. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to sound like. I don't know who the first face I'm going to see is. That, to me, is intriguing. How long does that last? The WWE hope it's not hopes it's not long because they want to get me back over there right. because they're having three title matches. And again, like you said, they're not calling it a war, but hey, here's three title matches on television for free on Wednesday night. I think uh, most fans are going to do exactly what you're going to do, which their first uh, channel flip is going to be to AEW on Wednesday, and it's going to be uh, con- important for AEW to have something right at the very top that's going to hook you, mm-hmm. that's going to have you watch the rest of the show. Uh, we'll run down the card right now for AEW Dynamite. You've got Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. Guevara, sure. Guevara. Sure. It'll be fine because most Cody matches are. Uh, AEW champion, uh, Women's Championship match, you've got Nyla Rose and Riho. Um, listen, we're not going to touch the whole Nyla Rose topic on this show. <laughs> I have been running the other direction on both online and on this show. I will just say that regardless of how you feel about Nyla Rose, period, she's not a very good wrestler. Nope. Not a very no good No intrigue wrestler. to me at all. Um, well, let's just move on. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. Not real sure who those mystery partners are going to be. Might be former LAX Maybe, unless they've got a surprise up their sleeve. Cause we, yeah. We've already seen LAX debut. I'm not even sure what they're going by, but we saw them debut at Double or Nothing or not Double or Nothing. That just, to out. me, though, that seems like a spot that calls for someone bigger. Like, no disrespect to LAX. They're, they're great workers. They do good work. But to me, on the premiere episode of your television show, you're telling me there's going to be surprise partners. Yeah. I need something a little bit more than that. I completely agree. Or with I need that. someone else that's already there in that organization to step up. SoCal, I mean, I could see those guys showing up. I'd be all for that. Hangman Page versus Pack. This is a match where we were supposed to get a double or nothing, um, but Pack pulled out because of creative differences. Uh, he is now back in AEW, so we're finally going to get that match. Um, I could see that's, that being a match that Pack wins. On his way up the card, yep. uh, Hangman Page. I'm not sure what they're going to do with him, uh, but I don't think he's a guy that you could push to the top this soon. Uh, MJF versus Brandon Cutler. Uh, MJF is a guy that AEW seems hugely high on. Um, I should, I would think that this is a match that he's. This is basically going to be a spotlight match for yep. MJF because I think they've got big plans for him. Yeah, put him in there with someone who who can get him over and highlight what he does best. Not only that, uh, you're you're obviously going to get Moxley on this show in some shape or form capacity. Uh, probably Moxley with a live mic, which is going to be a great thing. Cannot wait to watch it, and we'll live tweet it with you at Zone Wrestling. We'll talk about it next week. This has been Squared Circle Radio on 104.5 The Zone.